Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey. And it is the last show of August. It is hard to believe that August is is finally done. And we are about two weeks away from training camps to start. Cannot wait for that. I am the very eager to cover that host, Mark Williams. And I am joined by Mr. John Fulkowski. Rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. Last week it was Terry Funk that passed away on Wednesday, and then Bray Wyatt went the day after on Thursday. And yeah, this is crazy. But um, with that out of the way, you know, we're getting into September. And I know that we're going to have the whole Green Day jokes wake me up when September ends because, yeah, October is uh, right there afterward. And <laughs> then comes the start of the season. So we're in the home stretch, everybody. Well, fortunately, here's a man that needs to wake up when August ends, Mr. Anthony Morocco. Yeah, first, uh, you know, rest rest in peace to the, the Rotunda family of Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, I only become a casual wrestling fan, but, I, you know, I knew he was one of the top talents and um, crazy someone that young goes. So thinking of his, you know, his family right now. But, uh, yeah, uh, August, uh, like August ends, only has one more day left, so it won't be that long of a slumber. But, uh, you know, once the calendar turns to September, boys, it's, you know, NFL season really close to starting, uh, training, NHL training camp about two and a half weeks away. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is a good time right now. So. Uh, let's go and uh, hey, uh, trivia question for you, Mark. Uh, uh, what ahead. are you and what are you and Trevor Zegers have in common? I don't know what. You both don't have NHL contracts right now, as September is close to arriving. <laughs> well, that's not fair. Phil doesn't have an NHL contract either. <laughs> yeah. Well. No, but I mean that's that is something that. Players shouldn't really like hold out uh, too long. I could see that going into training camp, maybe as long as Derek Stepans did back in uh, what was it, Bill, 2016? His uh, contract, if 15, 2015, 2016 season, yeah, Stepan held out, yeah, yeah, and then he ended up being dealt what two seasons later, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think he's holding out. I mean, his his fellow teammate Drysdale doesn't have a contract either. Uh, the Ducks, I guess, are just uh, slow, slow rolling it here. Pat uh, for B, so, taking see. his time. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's – I mean, because we're not seeing anything on Twitter or anything else. Hopefully that is not the case. But there isn't exactly much news. Uh, we wanted to do more uh, team previews all throughout the week uh, or throughout the entire month of August, but we had some great guests to come on. As you know, the A Block is brought to you by SeatGeek. Use the promo code BIGAPPLEHOCKEY to get $20 off your first order. And, of course, Big Apple Hockey trucker hats are available. I will get out the Kyle Palmieri hat to you as soon as possible, as well as uh, everyone else that's been uh, that got all prizes last week. Um, so let's start, guys, with the Buffalo Sabres. And I'm going to actually change up the order. Usually I'll go to Phil first. Anthony, let me go to you. The Buffalo Sabres, you look at their numbers last year, 91 points, just barely missing the playoffs. 42 wins, that's that's a lot. They, they, they haven't been anywhere near that in a while. But how did they improve this offseason, and did they improve? 
So, Mark, just 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 because I like have fun chirping you, uh, we should have done it. You know, I, I took the time to create the subtractions and additions list. This would have been a good time to flash it on the screen for everyone. But, uh, you know, the Buffalo Sabres. All right, let's go. So they added Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson, uh, both defensemen. Connor Clifton, a smaller guy, but has speed. He can move the puck. And then Eric Johnson, you know, veteran, former first overall pick, won a Stanley Cup. You know, your your stay at home defenseman towards the twilight of his career. Um, but other than that, they didn't really do much subtraction wise. They just traded Ilya Labushkin recently to Anaheim. Um, Vinny Hestroza, Casey Fitzgerald, and Rasmus Asplund are their subtractions. So overall, when you look at their team, not much has you know, not much has changed. So Clifton and Johnston, uh, the guys they lost weren't major contributors, so it's not really a huge deal. But so when I look at them, you know, I don't I don't see how they're a team that's going to get, let's say, to the next level into the playoffs. Um, I do think they're a young team. They're going to keep growing. Um, I think, you know, I think Devin, Devin Levy, is a, a Devin Levy, Levi, Levy, however you want to say it. Um, I think I think he's the the X factor here. You know, if he could come in and if he could sustain a whole season of that short sample size that he played in last year, um, then I think, okay, now you say the Sabres might have the goaltending to sneak in, but um, he's a young guy. Uh, it's going to be hard for him to, you know, pull off a, you know, a, a guy like, you know, Shesterkin or Sorokin to have that kind of impact right away. I mean, I think he's very good. I just don't know if he's going to be carry the Sabres on their, on his back to a playoff box. That's, that's kind of how I feel what they'll need to do to get in. Um, other than that, I mean, I like the, I like the direction they're going. Yeah. Young players, Krebs, Tage Thompson's an animal. Um, Dylan Cozens really broke out last year. Uh, Alex Tuck had a great year. So, I mean, then you got Rasmus Dahlin, Owen Power on defense. So they got a, got a, got a lot of good young pieces intact, a lot of core players. Um, just unfortunately for them, they're playing in a, a tough conference where there's a lot of good teams in the Metro, uh, and you still have some teams in the Atlantic that are trying to move up the ladder and some of the old guard that – are still going to try to hold on to their spots. So, um, again, Sabre fans, it's not all lost. I mean, obviously, there's there's certainly hope anything can happen, and you got good young pieces. I just don't – I think another year. I think give the Sabres another year, they get in. I think this year they sit they sit out the dance again, but that's just my opinion. Bill, how do you think that they got older? Uh, sorry, that they got better. I think that they added to – solid defenseman that'll actually help them. Um, I like the additions of Clifton and Johnston, uh, Johnson. rather. I don't think that they're world beaters or that they're brought in to be the guys. The real area in which they're going to get better in, if you ask me, is their young guys developing. And you have – I think you're going to see more from Peyton Krebs this year. This is a real big year for him. It's a contract year. Um, he's 22 years old. He had only 20, I think, four points last year. Oh, no, sorry, 26 last year in 74 games as opposed to 48 games the year before in 2022. He had 22 points. So he kind of took a little bit of a step back. I think he's going to take a step forward this year. I also think Owen Power, who if you actually watch Owen Power, uh, I, I think Owen Power is – well on his way to becoming a stud defenseman. Um, he logged almost 24 minutes per game last year, 
and he put up 35 points. And, I mean, I tell you right now, this guy is one of the best young defenders in the NHL, 21 years or younger. Bar, bar none. He he is that good. Um, so he finished third in Calder voting. Uh, he had just an incredible rookie year. I don't think he hits a sophomore slump. I think this team is just – he's going to get better. Uh, I think J.J. Paterka is going to get better. That's another guy, another young guy that they're uh, big on. I, I think that he's going to get better with age. I, I just think that there's a lot of talent there. I mean, he was a second-round pick, but a lot of drafts in his draft year had him as a first-round pick. He had a nice rookie year, 32 points, but – I, I love what Buffalo has here in terms of all the young talent that they have. So between Perka, uh, Paterka, Krebs, and uh, a power, I, I would say that they have three young guys. And, and let's throw Devin Levi into the mix. He's another one, obviously, Anthony talked about him before. I think he's going to get better. I think he's going to have a real nice rookie year, um, just up for a cup of coffee at the end of the year. But there's a lot of young talent. And I think the development of those guys is what's probably going to push them into a playoff spot. I could definitely see them making it this year. Would, would a safe bet be the following year? Yeah. But I'll be bold. I, I think they'll make it this year because I think a lot of teams in their division are taking steps back as opposed to taking steps forward. Look at Tampa Bay. They're taking a step back. I still think they're a playoff team, but I, I really wonder how good they're actually going to be. Um, I also wonder about Toronto. Toronto is still probably the cream of the crop in that division, but are they as good as they were last year or the year before? I, I'm really not sure about that. I, I don't think so, to be honest with you. But I can tell you right now, it's, it's not the same team that was one of the top defensive units overall in the NHL. Um, and then you have Ottawa, who is on the up and up. But Detroit – what are those guys going to come in and do for Detroit? Are they going to, we all expected them to be a much better team this past year. The results weren't there. So I, I have my questions about Detroit. I really think that this Buffalo team is coming along. The only thing that I would worry about for them is Tage Thompson able to replicate this season that he just had this upcoming year. Cause that's a big thing because if Thompson can't do that, then that team is screwed. They had four guys score 31 goals or more, and uh, Victor Olsen score 28, possibly the quietest 28 goals ever. 28 mm-hmm. goals, 12 assists. Those are nearly Cy Young numbers. But I, I actually agree with you guys on this. The number one thing that they need to do to improve is just age. It's all they need to do. Just get everybody get a little bit older, get a little bit more seasoned. I, I kind of got to agree with you. I guess I'll start where um, my concerns are. Um, by the way, because usually I'll say what's in net. I loved the way De- uh, Devin Levi looked uh, coming into uh, the Sabres right from Northeastern. And then you got to wonder if UPL ever takes that next step himself as well. Uh, he Sometimes he looks pretty good, sometimes not. Then you have... Um, they, they got the fusion of youth. Do they have enough defense to really make the playoffs? There's a couple teams. There's another one with 91 points, just acquired a defenseman, hoping to make the playoffs of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So 
can they it's also can they get the point where's it coming from as you said Philk there's everybody in in the uh the Atlantic are trying to make it and you don't know who's falling back to the pack and who's not so that's where the hard part is at least we know the Bruins are Anthony what concerns do you have about the Sabres there's, there's no doubt they could score between Tuck, Olsen, Skinner, you know, uh, Thompson, Cozens. Um, they got that down. Um, my my area concern for them is their like their overall um, two way game with their with their forward roster. So you have Kyle Poso, the captain. He's a veteran at this point in his career. That's the type of player he is now. Gerd why am I tongue tied today? Uh, Zemus is Gergensen's. He's a good player too. Fits that role, checking role. But other than that, like a lot of their top guys, they're all offensive. Really, you know, more. I don't want to say one-dimensional because that's not exactly true about all of them. But they're more so just pure offensive players. And I think they could have used more, you know, nuts and bolts type players to really help them win close games, late in games, and guys with with experience playing in tough moments to kind of lean on. Um, you know, when, when kind of when the pressure gets going uh, closer to the end of the season, uh, that that's really that's really my concern. Can the young guys, can guys like Krebs or Cousins, you know, learn how to play that style of hockey, not just play that run and gun? You know, then obviously if that could happen, then I think the pieces could fall into place for them. But overall, that's my concern, my biggest concern for the Sabers. Also, just adding in before I go to you, Phil, and your key player. The uh, Sabres' seventh worst goals against last year, and the other teams, they're all expected to be where they They were 90-point teams. So the Sabres, if they defense, they should be a playoff team. Okay, Phil, let's start with you. Key player next season. I hate being this obvious and this bland, but I got to go Devin Levi. Um, I really do. I, I, I He just... I think his development is more important to this team than anything because I think he's going to take the brunt of the goaltending minutes. I think he's probably going to start 50, maybe more games. And I think he's going to be the guy. I think he'll succeed and I think he'll be fine. And that's, that's why I think they have an advantage over some of these other teams in the division is because I think he's going to be good. But um, I, I, I hate being that guy, but it's just too, you really can't fight it. Anthony, what do you think? Same as Philk, Devin Levi. Um, you know, like I said, when I, you know, start going here, um, you know, if he, if he plays at a high level, I think the, the Sabres could really get in. Um, so, for instance, let's say he posts like a 9, 9, 9 18, 9 20 save percentage. Buffalo Sabres may be going to the playoffs, but, you know, if he kind of struggles a little bit and, you know, is maybe around, you know, 908, um, 910. I, I don't know. I don't know if the Sabres are a playoff team. So I think he, I think a, lar- a large part of their season relies on his shoulders and how well he acclimates himself to being a, you know, an everyday starter. Cause that's, ha- that's how I think the Sabres intend to use him. I'm going to just extend your thoughts, but I'm going to say, I'm going to make it even more bland choice in a second, guys. Uh, which I think with, in that case, cause Levi's going to play the most amount of games he's ever played in his career, probably next season. And you, you know, me, I always say you, when you start breaking that wall, you have to go through that plateau and then you see a drop off for a little bit. Can a guy end up 
uh, replicating his numbers before he hit that plateau. Remember two years ago with Igor Sesterkin, he established a new career high. And the month of February was absolutely horrible. And then he ended up finding it. Let's see if Levi does it. Guys, I'm going to be more bland than you. I'm going to say it's on Tage Thompson. If Tage Thompson is the MVP caliber player that, that I think he could be, and he does it next year, guys, he can they, they can get to the top three easily. If, if he gets a 50-goal season and does this again, now, I, obviously, you could say Owen Power or Rasmus Dahlin, but these guys are finding new levels, and they just got to find the next one. So, Philk, let's start with you. What place are the Buffalo Sabres? Wow. Um, division or conference? We're going to do division. If you can do conference, great. Just We're going to stick to just division. I'm going to say they're third place in that division behind Toronto and Tampa. Um, I, I think Ottawa, Boston, and Detroit will all be right there with them. I, you know, honestly, I think it's, it's Tampa Bay and Toronto, then Buffalo, and then the other teams will just fight it out amongst themselves for the, the positioning afterwards. Because, honestly, Boston, Detroit, Florida – um and um Montreal uh, Montreal is going to be in last in that division but Boston Detroit Ottawa and Florida could all end up finishing in any such sort of order depending on injuries and, and whatnot so I got Buffalo as the third best team in that division I'm not a hundred percent on saying it right now the way that I kind of look at the Atlantic division is sort of like, John Snow at the uh, the Battle of the Bastards, trying to whoever can crawl out of the pile of bodies that's going to be left. That's what the Atlantic Division is going to look like. <laughs> I actually think Buffalo can do it. I really do. I I think Buffalo could make the top three. I'm not even saying the wild card. I think they can make the top three, but that means either Tampa, Toronto. Or Boston has to fall out, and it hasn't been that way in a while. Anthony, I go over to you. What do you think they're going to be? So I, I said I think next year's the year they get in. So I'm, I'm going to say they finish fourth in the Atlantic. And, um, you know, so last year I, I had said Boston wasn't going to be the same Boston Bruin team, and I had a lot of egg on my face there. And as much as, you know, missing Bergeron and Krejci um, is going to hurt them, they're still a veteran team coming off one of the best seasons in NHL history. And uh, they still have a lot of, you know, a lot of their key pieces in place uh, with, you know, Marshan and McAvoy and Pasternak and Coyle, et cetera, et cetera. So just to give them the benefit of the doubt, I'm going to say the Bruins hang on, finish third, um, and the Sabres come in at fourth right behind them. Anthony, you don't have to worry because I myself had egg on my face because I said the Bruins could be in a lot of trouble next year. They end up putting and they, up the greatest season. And honestly, season. They, they still very well might, but uh, I'm just going to play it safe, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, we're going to play this one a little bit safer with the Bruins, because after all, we already have one panelist that picked Boston is going to miss the playoffs. So um, let's go to the hey, next one. Hey, hey, remember, I was the guy that said they were going to surprise everybody last year. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. You were they were your he surprise did. team, which for the NHL preview, yeah. get ready for that. That's coming up in four weeks, guys. And we're gonna look to try to make that a studio show. For our, our next team that we're previewing right now, the Calgary Flames. Uh last year, 38, 27, and 17, 93 points. They just missed the playoffs as well. And they're gonna look over and go, Oh, all those overtime losses. If we just won half of them, they're in the playoffs. Well, they didn't. They they count just much. Alexi so, high. Philk, how did they improve this season? The biggest thing that I'm going to point to is the fact that they got rid of Daryl Sutter. That's going to do a lot for their offensive players. You're not going to see Jonathan Huberdo remain as a 55 point player. That's ridiculous. You can attribute that to Daryl Sutter. Obviously, he and Sutter were not on the same page. Um, Word went around that a lot of the players were clashing with Sutter. That's why it led to Sutter's demise. I'm not surprised. Daryl Sutter is a very good coach. I'm not trying to trash him. But he has a certain way of doing things. And that way gets lost. And it, it gets tired. And it gets lost on players after a while. So coaches like that have shelf lives. I've said that before with guys like, you know, Quinn, Keenan, so on, where they yell at people, Tortorella, same thing. They yell at people and it gets, it gets lost. You know, he's a tough guy to play for demanding. Uh, I think that's going to do a lot for Jonathan Huberto for Nazem Kadri. Um, It might even help someone like Andrew Mangiapane, even though I don't see Andrew Mangiapane as a, a bordering 40 goal scorer going forward. I think he might just be one of those guys that had a really, really good year. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I do wonder about their offense though, otherwise, but I would like to see Long Island's own Matthew Coronado come up and really start doing some damage for the Calgary flames this year. So Anthony, what do you think? And by the way, I've, it took me a couple of minutes, but I did get your, additions and subtractions in there he has worked hard on them and the pto's coming up i can't wait for that uh so if you look at that how they get better i mean realistically you could say they 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 didn't um but you know i i do think the coaching's good the coaching change is going to make a big difference i think i do think huberto is going to get back to the level that he's used to playing at um you know for me, Andrew Maggiapani, you know, Phil just mentioned him. I mean, if he could get back to scoring, you know, 30 goals or more, I think that would help. Um, but the biggest thing is Jacob Markstrom. I mean, he, he's he's playing on a big contract. Um, what level of hockey is he going to bring you? Because, you know, last year uh, he was he was dreadful. I mean, he, he, he wasn't good. Uh, the year before, he you know, he was good. I think he, he was in the top, you know, three or four in, in save percentage uh, two years ago. So that that's the level they're going to need if they want to get back in the playoffs. Because, um, again, I, I don't think they got, uh, on paper at least, they didn't get better from last year. Um, you know, you swapped out to Foley for Sharon Govich, who, I mean, Sharon Govich is a guy that could score, you know, 20 to 25 goals. So um, he's a good player. Um, you know, yeah, you lost Lucic, which, I mean, he shot at this point. Jordan Osterley is, is kind of like a, you know, depth D. Uh, so they didn't really make wholesale changes or any noteworthy changes. And the one thing's interesting is, you know, when this offseason started, 
you all said to, we all said to ourselves like wow you know feel bad for the flames fans because it's a mass exodus there it seemed like backland was going to be moved it seemed like lindholm hannafin um Toffoli was the only one that actually got shipped out so um for the flames if they if they can you know remain competitive and in a playoff spot you'll see guys like backland and lindholm who have one year deals left in the contracts probably stay um if things go awry those two guys are going to get traded for sure um, Noah Hannafin probably also get, will get moved at some point. So, um, it's a key, this is a key season for the flames going forward in which direction they're going to go. You know, if they do well, you know, maybe some of those guys decide to stay. So, um, but overall, again, I, I think if Jacob Markstrom can back, get back to the level that he played at two years ago, um, and then obviously Huberto can get back to at least being a 90 point player. I'm not even saying a hundred plus, I think the flames have a shot of getting back into the playoffs. A hundred percent, guys, because the biggest thing is that they just changed the voice that's in the room. Daryl Sutter's a great coach. And as much as I would tell the players, hey, shut up and listen to the guy. We just they just signed him to a four-year extension after last year. So they're actually paying him, I believe it's three years to stay home. Uh when you choose to sign Justin Huberto. Jonathan Huberdo, I just did it, guys. Unbelievable. Jonathan <laughs> Huberdo, you did it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it had to come oh, back. Man. It had to come back soon. Oh, wow. I wasn't even trying to do it. Wow. All right. But Jonathan Huberdo, who, yeah, it, it, it was hard to watch Markstrom, as it said, it was right hard there, to watch Markstrom. He, it was even harder to watch Mark say Justin Huberto in a series. Yeah, yeah. and then I real I realized I said it first. I know I saw you smirking, Filk. But Jonathan Huberto, it's like this guy was over a point per game. It's going all the way back to to 2019, I think it was, and he had 91 points in that year. <laughs> yeah, and look, not saying they, much though. That's when not saying much at all. That tells you how yeah. bad that they were. But and you can't give out the first goal eleven times on the first shot. So Huberdo, if he gets back to say, let's say eighty-five points and finds it a little bit, which he should. Um, Elias Lindholm gets gets enough enough of a bump. He's going to be my key player. I'm going to say that right now. I'm going to also repeat it for the next segment. But yeah, oh Raiden, oh my goodness, you you missed it, you missed it two years ago when I was saying Justin Huberto for MVP and realized I said it, and then it's just like, oh, wait till election season comes around, you'll get to see the Mark Attack ad for us, and um, this is, but this team they just need a new voice in the room. So Philk, what's the concern that you have when it comes to? Lack of offensive depth. Uh, I, l- I look at the lineup, and, and Toffoli for Sharon Govich is a clear loss in, in Jersey's favor in this case. Uh, I, I get that Toffoli didn't want to be there, but y- your center depth is decent. You- you've got two guys. you got a number one in Lindholm, who's a lower-end number one, and then you got Nazem Kadri, who's a higher-end number two. And these are both good two-way players. Both are no slouches in the defensive zone. They, they play the kind of hockey you want them to play. Um, but Jonathan Huberdeau and Andrew Mangiapane and then Igor Sharangovich, 
are your top three goal-scoring wingers as of right now. If Jacob Pelletier and Matthew Coronado can come up this year, I don't think Coronado will be. I, I think Pelletier has a chance, but I, I, I'm not sure about Coronado right now, even though I really want him to succeed. Um, if those guys can come up and give you something, then you know that turns things around. I want to see more from Dylan Dubé. That's a guy who had a real nice year last year with 18 goals and 45 points after 18 goals and 32 points the year before in three less games. So if Dylan Dubé could turn into a 50, maybe 60-point player, then that solves a lot of their problems right then and there because that's a big thing. He plays all three positions. So if you want to slot him as your 3C, you can go right ahead and do that. If you want to move him into the top six and have him play wing, yeah, you can do that. But he needs to be a guy that can score 20 goals and 50 to 60 points in order for this Calgary team to have the offensive depth that they need as well. All right, Anthony, what concerns do you have? Um, so I, I had similar concerns uh, as Phil, but just to you know not, not follow the same path as uh, the Sabres here, I'm going to switch it up. Um, uh, I'm back to Markstrom. I'm, I'm going to say goaltending. Um, you know, you have Dustin Wolf waiting in the wings as as the backup, but you know, Markstrom was just so inconsistent last year. Um, if if the Flames don't get good goaltending from him, I, I don't know if if they can get back to the playoffs. Just because you know, the West, even though the you know the Pacific Division overall has weak goaltending, um, there are a lot of teams in the West that are looking to take the next step. Uh, that could leapfrog them. I mean, hell, look at last year. They were in a dogfight with the Jets. Um, they were close, too. So I I, I think that if, if Markstrom, you know, doesn't play at a high level, the, the, the Flames are cooked. And I know you could say that really about a lot of teams goaltending, but, you know, but because but him especially, because you, you could see it. You could see what happened when he didn't play well. Two years ago, he was really, really good. Vezina finalist. You saw what happened. Mm-hmm. Last year he was not good at all, and they missed the you know and they missed the playoffs. So, I I, I think you know him is 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 a big concern for me. Um, you know he's getting he's getting a little older. You know he has one of those you know bloated contracts too. Um, I'm not I'm not sold on him rebounding. And he's been inconsistent a lot throughout his career. So uh, I'm just gonna go right back to you because Anthony, you, you stole mine. Everybody's been we've been on Markstrom. Anthony, what's your key player for them next season? Silk mentioned before, Peltier. Um, it's first year in Stockton in 21-22. Get nearly a point per game, 62 points in, I think, 66 games. And then last year, uh, I think he was at like 37 and 35 in the AHL, um, somewhere around that. You know, firmer, forced, firmer first-round pick, um, 26 overall a few years ago. Uh, some high upside. So if he come in, you know, because that's good production that he's had in the AHL. If he, if he can come in and put it together at the NHL level, um, that would give the Flames, you know, added scoring, support the guys like Lindholm, Backlund, Huberto, um, you know, Maggiapani, et cetera, et cetera. That would be a huge lift for the Flames. So um, I'm going to go with him. Phil? I, I look up and down this lineup. And I'm I'm actually you know what I'm gonna go with Jonathan Huberto. I'm just gonna again I'm gonna be boring. Jonathan, here. that's what I said. 
<laughs> no, I know. I was saying I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, I'm, gl I'm, I'm glad you know that, Mark. Golf clap for you. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I, I. You know what? When when someone has a 60 point drop off, which is the single highest sing single season drop off from one season to the next in NHL history, um, it tells me that something's not right behind the scenes, and obviously wasn't led to a coaching change. I think Huberto is going to be the guy that's going to drive this offense. He has to be. He has no choice at this point. It's got to be him. Kadri's a very good player. Um, I, I think that the his last season in Colorado is not really representative of what he actually is. I don't. I, I don't know if you're going to see an 87 point Nazem Kadri again. Um, like I said, I have my concerns about Mangiapane, but I think Mangiapane is a guy that's really more of a uh, complimentary type player and his production kind of depends on what the guys around him do. So I, I think if Huberto is really driving the ship, that's, that's going to boost everybody else up. He'll probably play with Lindholm. Lindholm's numbers will be good because of that. If Mangiapane is the other guy on that line and the other winger on that line, then his production goes up. Let's just say Mangiapane's playing with Kadri. I mean, that that can change things around. But I, I, I do think that Huberto, he has to be the guy to drive this offense going forward. And I think now with the reins loosened up a little bit, I think he'll have the freedom to go do those things again. So I, I do like that. Another guy that I thought of giving an honorary mention to, um, for me, I would have been Rasmus Anderson. I was going to, I was thinking about Markstrom, but Rasmus Anderson, I, I think if he takes the next step and becomes that top level point producing defenseman that I think he will be, I think that's going to improve Calgary's power play. It's going to improve their five on five offense. And I think that goes a far way for helping out someone like Huberto. So, but I'm, I'm going to stick with Huberto as my answer. Um, I'm actually going to go to the guy that you mentioned in that little, uh, paragraph that you were just saying and i'm gonna go with elias lindholm he's in a contract year he is uh basically almost the a similar player to the guy that huberdo ran with in florida a good defensive center but he's, he doesn't have the size of barkov don't get me wrong when i say that but i'm just saying he put up good offensive numbers he was 80 uh he had 40 goal season the year before 80 goal uh, 80 points but He's got to put up similar numbers too. Mackenzie Weger needs to be better. Jeremy is 100% yeah. right on that one. Great. And look, they got pieces in there. Uh, is the coach ready to uh, ascend and and get these guys and get these guys to a high level? This is his first NHL coaching gig. It's it's going to be difficult to just automatically say, all right. He's the, the flames are a playoff team and those shootouts that they didn't or overtime games that they didn't win, just add them on and they're in. I mean, there is one team in the West. I say that's out already, but the West has got some quality good teams. So Phil, we're going to go right back to you. What is your place prediction for the Calgary flames? These are always fun. Cause I, I think Edmonton, Edmonton and Seattle are really the cream of the crop in that division. I have LA right behind that. Actually, oh no, I forgot to tell you about Vegas. Durr, they only won the cup. 
I mean, I, I, I mean, Edmonton, LA, Edmonton, Edmonton, Seattle, and Vegas are really like they're the creams of the crop in that division. Those three, I think, LA's right behind them. I, you know what? I'm, I'm probably gonna put Calgary at five at this point. I think it's behind those four teams that I mentioned, and then Vancouver is right behind them. So I, I have Calgary fifth. They're probably going to miss the playoffs. Oh, boy. I wish I had more time to stall on this one. There are those teams that we're going to be doing previews for and shorts for this, Philk, and it's just I'm racking my brain on this. You mean to tell me that a head coach in a brand-new spot, this is his first his for his first NHL job. I'm correct. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. It's his first NHL job. I've said this before. Players have to develop. Coaches have to develop. So he's not just going to come in, push the right buttons, and everything's going to work. I mean, and yes, Raiden, you're 100% right on that one, man. 100% right on that. They're definitely a wait-and-see team. Vancouver is a wait-and-see team. So it's hard to say, uh, Rob, I got to agree with the three teams that are in, uh, wait, sorry, the flames. No, I'm going to, I'm going to keep them out. Yeah. I think, cause I think LA has got enough talent to get themselves in the top three and, or Seattle. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good teams. I think in the Pacific and some bad teams too. than they were last year. And I, and and I, I do think Hackstall's one of the best coaches in the NHL right now. Right. Haxtell seems to have learned everything. Dave Haxtell, great example of it. A guy that he he was okay in his first stop with the Flyers and basically ran out of town at the end. Now you look at him, I, I would have made him coach of the year last year, but that's just me. Uh, Anthony, where do you uh, – so I, I'm going to have to say an answer. I forgot to do it. I'm going to put him at sixth. I'm going to put him at sixth. They got the talent to be fifth or even fourth. I'm going to put him at sixth. Anthony, where do you got the flames? Oh, sorry. I muted you before. I got you. Uh, I got them. Sure. I got them in fifth. Fifth in the Pacific. Um, just, I have them behind, obviously, Vegas, Edmonton, LA, um, and Seattle, too, frankly. I still have Seattle higher than them. So you said six, though. What 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 other team do you have ahead of Calgary, Mark? Vancouver might have already had a head start. Thatcher Demko. Vancouver. If he's healthy. I mean, Elias Pettersson puts him 100 points again. We haven't gone to Vancouver yet. I mean, and yeah. again, I'm doing this off the cuff. When we actually have to yeah. sit down and, and do our uh, our season preview, there, 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 there's a lot of good competition in the NHL this year. This might be mm-hmm. the best NHL seemingly ever. So there's, there's there's a lot of good teams that will miss the playoffs and not even be close. So we're going to get on that one. All right, guys, we're going to go over to the Carolina Hurricanes right now. We're going to try to speed this up just a little bit. Carolina Hurricanes, obviously, uh, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. They were the second best team in the East. Uh, 113 points, 52 wins, 52, 21, and 9. Uh, how do they improve this offseason? Anthony, I'm going to go to you as I flesh up that they've brought in Michael Bunting, Dimitri Orlov, Brandon Lemieux, Tony D'Angelo, Caleb Jones. I'm not reading the rest. Everybody else can. 
Anthony, what do you think? <laughs> did they improve and how did they? Well, Mark, a simple answer there is when we did that guest uh, spot on that podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I had them coming out of the East. Uh, I, I, I still think overall um, the Hurricanes are from, you know, top to bottom. They're well-rounded. And the X factor, which I mentioned on that show, is the coaching of Brindamore and that system they play. Um, they give so many team fits. Uh, their style of play really wears you down. Um, you know, I I like the fact that they added another smooth skating defenseman in Dmitry Orlov, who just adds to their their style of play, just about being on top of you. Um, you know, get Tony D'Angelo, who's who's had a little bit of a circus around him this offseason, whether he, that trade was going to go through and then it didn't. The Flyers bought him out, still ends up in Carolina regardless. Um, but he fit in well there. You know, if he could replicate how he played in Carolina his first time around, I may, again, that's another added bo- added bonus. He could skate as well. Um, you know, just they they have they have they have so many elements to their game that gives other teams a lot of problems. And you know, even though their goaltending, you could say, was by committee this year, three guys, and none of them are, are top tier goaltenders. You know, they still got to the conference finals despite that. Um, and I, I think that. You know they're a team that eventually is going to get over the hump. Um, I, I like their I like the way they're they're put together. Um, and this pain to say is a you know rival of, of my favorite team in the Metro. Hate saying it, but you know they're really good. And I don't. I mean, I mean, could the Devils finish in first? Po- you know, possibly they're up and coming. Um, but the Hurricanes are just much more sound defensively and just overall their style of play. Um, so I, I think the Hurricanes are going to be the class of the Metro. Philk? I don't know if they really got much better. I mean, I like the addition of Orlov, and, and D'Angelo is – I mean, he's a mixed bag. Yeah. It, it, it really depends on what you're going to – can you guys hear me? Oh, yeah. no, we can hear you. Oh, yeah. I thought you said blow. I was about to say, oh, okay. No, I said blow, because I'll get oh, to him oh. in a minute. Oh, no. All right. My bad, Ben. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, he's real up and down. His defensive play in his own zone is just trash. But, I mean, they have really eight NHL defensemen on their roster right now. So, I'd imagine that Caleb Jones is either going to get moved or sent down or something. Or there's going to be a trade. We keep hearing about Brett Pesci's name and rumors you could see that happen. I mean, Orlov was brought in. I like Dmitry Orlov. I don't know if he's worth seven, he's nearly worth $8 million. But like Anthony said, he does fit their system very well. That's the exact type of defenseman they want to bring in. He plays a good two-way game. He's adept at moving the puck out of the zone. He, to me, he's a better version of Brady Shea. That's what he is. Yeah. He's not going to give you a lot of points, but he can help bring some offense to the table. Um, I like Michael Bunting. He still doesn't address the center problems that they have, though. Yes, Barry Kakaniemi is your number two center. Jordan Stahl is your number two center. It's, they have they have one legitimate number one center in Sebastian Ajo. And I know that Mark is foaming at the mouth right now because I brought his name up. <laughs> um, and then after that, it's it's two middle six centers. And it, it, it's it's like which one is going to be the number two Natures. center point? Marty Natchez is not really a center, though. He's played wing more so lately. And their wing depth is great. Taravainen, 
Bunting, Svechnikov once he comes back. Um, you got Seth Jarvis, who I think needs to step up. Yeah. That's that's really a big thing for them. I'm going to talk more about him when my time comes around again. But um, you know what? I don't know if they're necessarily improved. I think they're right where they were, just with different names. Does does Kochetkov finally take the reins from one of these two goaltenders in in the in uh, Ranta or, or Anderson? Because neither one of those two has really solidified themselves as legitimate number ones. Is this Kochetkov's year where he takes over and finally becomes the number one guy that they need him to be? Their goaltending to me is still a big question mark. Tony D'Angelo is going to upset the apple cart. Let me start with that one. Uh, you mean to tell me Tony D'Angelo is not going to be a problem when he's the third pairing defenseman on Carolina? He's just going to shut up for Rod Brindamore. Granted, Rod Brindamore is built like a Mack truck, but still, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. The first time it worked because he was on the top pairing with Jacob Slavin. Now you're going to put him on the bottom pairing or, or somewhere else. I mean, even if he's on the second pairing, it's going to be a disaster. The Canes are tremendous. I love that you can look at these pieces and they'll figure it out. They're going to probably win the division. I think maybe the Devils get the extra point. I don't know. Um, we're going to get more on a team in the Metro division that might be uh, a lock for third place in a little bit. But it's just, I look at these pieces and go, that that's all well and good. But when it comes time for a goal to be scored, is, is Svechnikov going to take that superstar jump? That's going to be a big factor in their season. He does that. And, and if and if there's time for a save, do, do you have the right goaltender in net? Freddie yeah. Anderson took over for uh, Auntie Ranta in the first round. And sorry, go ahead, Phil. No, just one more thing that I, I should have brought up before and I was just thinking about. Is Brent Burns going to have another 60-point season or do we does he start to decline? Because you got to remember he's, he's starting to decline. He's 38. He's 30. He had a great year with 61 points this past year or 60 or whatever. He, he hit 60 points, but he's 38 years old. He's not going to continue to put up those numbers. I mean, eventually he's going to decline. Is it this year? That statistically speaking, 38 is where the drop off is. Unless your name is Joel Pavelski. Or Mar or Tamu Solani or Yarmir Yager or something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, those are those guys were freaks, but yeah, that's that's where they 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 draw that line right at 38. Because again, just to finish out of the thought, do they have the goaltending that's not gonna be looking over their shoulder? I actually think Kochekov might be their best goaltender in the mix. We know Anti is gonna get injured. We know Freddie Anderson's gonna get injured. Let's uh, the kid's gonna grab the job sooner or later. He did it last last year at a great month, and then they sent him down after signing him to an extension. So I can't exactly figure that one out. Guys, we've gone through the concerns. We're just gonna we're just gonna go right to Anthony. Start with you. Who's the key player? Well, first I just want to disagree with this. No actual game. I think Sebastian Ajo is a game breaker. Um, for sure. I, I, Shabeshit is, is really, really good. So to say they have no actual game breakers, I think is a little unfair. And uh, as far as the elite goal, as far as the elite goaltending, yes, but look at the last two goaltenders that won a Stanley Cup Darcy Kemper, Aiden Hill. Want to go back further? Jordan Binnington. Um, uh, see, by the way, I just want to say, uh, to, 
to win the cup anymore. I just want to say, I think Darcy Kemper is actually a pretty good goaltender when he was on Arizona. He didn't play well with Colorado and he's eh since then. So uh, I just want to say Darcy, but he's not, I, I guess, I guess I'm echoing your point. But Rob's right though. When, when they, when Carolina really needs a game, a big game to be broken open, has Aho really come through and done that for them? He did that game one versus the Rangers. He had that goal that tied the game. <laughs> what about the rest of the series? That's a good point. <laughs> he he scored he scored some big goals against the Islanders too in their series too. He moments. had a great series against the Islanders. Them. Were also a very flawed team that limped into the playoffs. What did Aho do I, after that round? Yeah, I still think he did pretty I, well. I, just, I think I. I I just view Sebastian Ajo as a, you know, as almost that that really level player. He's really really good. Uh, I, I I love Sebastian Ajo just like Mark. Maybe not as much as Mark, but I think Sebastian Ajo is. <laughs> is, is a, I, I think is a Mark loves Sebastian Ajo as much as you love Ovechkin. I and again, <laughs> I really sure. thought Sebastian Ajo was going to take a next step. He's just he he's he's an all star. He's he's. I don't know if he's elite. That's the only thing. But the question is, I, I think going with what you're saying, Anthony, player. You, you think Svechnikov could be that player if he gets healthy after an ACL? Yeah, I think he's their best goal scorer, and they, they missed him in the playoffs. You see that. Um, you know, Svechnikov could stay healthy. Um, I think there's another level to his game for sure. I, I, love, I love his size. Uh, I love the way he plays. I love the way he shoots the puck. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, he's a guy that could really help take them that next level. And who knows if he never, if he never gets hurt, you know, the hurricanes may break through and go to the finals. I mean, they, they, the hurricanes really missed him. And I, I think he's a really, really good player. And I, like I said, I think he could take the next step. Philk, who's your key player for Carolina? <laughs> I'm going to go Seth Jarvis. Um, I, I I think that he needs to take that next step. If he ends up becoming the player that he should be, I, I, I think this Carolina team is probably fighting for the president's trophy, if anything, if that's the case, because they have some great wing depth if he takes that next step. Um if he can turn into like a 60 plus point player, then this team is one of, I would say the three to five best teams in the NHL, but it's just, he needs to be better. He had a sophomore slump last year. He had a really good rookie year. He had 40 points in under 70 games in, in a rookie in his rookie year. And then just was not the same player in the regular season this year, last year. Like he was, he was better in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, but um, he, I think if he takes that next step, this is a very, very dangerous team. Uh, and I got to, I, I, you know what? I'm going to go back to Andre Sveshnikov. I think he has to be the goal scorer. They think he could be. And it's unfair to ask that to a guy coming off an ACL injury and especially one that was suffered in March. And even though hockey players could get back on the rink, you're really not a hundred percent in your first year back, unless you're Pavel Bory, who was 
fantastic his first year after an ACL. So hopefully Svech finds it and he's their goal scorer that they're waiting on. This is what year six of uh, of, of him. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Yeah, this will be his sixth year. This will be his sixth year. He's going to make that jump uh, eventually and just be the player we think he's going to be. So, Phil, we'll go right back to you. What's your place prediction for the Carolina Hurricanes? I think they win the division. Uh, I, I I think New Jersey's goaltending and their youth are probably going to hold them back from winning that division. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also think that they lack some of the guys that they need to be that better, more experienced and well-rounded team. Carolina has those guys. And I, I think New Jersey needs more of those in order to overtake Carolina. New Jersey's not there yet, but it's probably going to be their division for the taking for, for years. Although, you know, adding guys like Palat and Toffoli over the last like year or two, really does help them. I just don't think they New Jersey's added enough. And I think their goaltending is even worse than Carolina's. And Carolina's goaltending, as I said before, is a huge question mark. So uh I, I'm I'm taking Carolina for the division. Anthony. Yeah, just to move this law and keep it simple and easy. Uh yeah. First, first for me. They win the Metro. Uh I'm gonna agree with you. All three you got uh, all three of us. Jesus. I'm going to make it a hat trick, guys, because I think they win the Metro because I think it's if, – if it comes down to Carolina needing X amount of points to win, they stumbled to the finish line last year and made it interesting. But if they – if they're going to make it, uh, they need those points, they're going to get those points. They'll figure out a way to do it. That's what Rob Brendamore does. All right. We were going to do Colorado today, guys. We're going to actually bump that to next week also because I went out of alphabetical order anyway because it was supposed to be Chicago next so we'll get Chicago and Colorado in next week as well as a couple others we're going to try to get more of these uh, previews but first let's get a message from DraftKings Hockey fans like the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL new customers can bet just $5 $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. Welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're buying everybody around? So, so, I'll just have a beer. Or, oh, dear God, I just need a shot. <laughs> There's your choices right over there. And, of course, I ask this every week, why go to the liquor store when 
you can just go on Drizzly, either the website or the app, and then have everybody bring everything to you. Click our link in the description below. And of course, Big Apple Hockey Trucker hats are available. Filk, one team we didn't mention going to win the division in the last segment for the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's awesome. See, see that? Now that is the type of hat model that we need. Uh, Filk, one of those guys that we, you know, one of those teams that we didn't talk about possibly winning the division was the third place team last year. The New York Rangers, they finished third in the Metro with 107 points. They were clear of the Islanders by about 14 points and just shy of the Devils by five. The New York Rangers are a lock for third in the Metro. I hope here. Um, I think they will. I don't think it's a sure thing. I do think that they'll finish ahead of Pittsburgh and the Islanders. Um, I don't think the Islanders did enough to improve. I think getting their guys back on good contracts was, I guess, good for them going forward. But where's the improvement? Is the improvement Lane Lambert being you know, a better coach in year two than in year one, figuring things out? players not having to adjust to his, his system anymore. Um, I don't know if I can say that they're a first place or a second hmm. place team. Um, Anything can happen. Finishing two. Yeah, I could see them finishing two. If everything goes right, they could absolutely win the division. They could. Their goaltending is the best in the division. Their offensive depth is Really good if Blake, if Blake Wheeler is a sixty point player again, <laughs> then what are you laughing at over there, L Rock? We're gonna get to, we're, we're gonna get to the the goaltending in a few minutes. Yeah, but oh, so I'm basically covering everything ahead of time. Awesome, that's great. Uh, but yeah, I could see them finishing second. I mean, if everything goes right, they win the division. That's definitely possible. But I, I I think a safe bet is third. I just I'm not going to lock them into three. Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's a beer. Um, I mean, let's face it, the, the Penguins really gonna, with their goaltending and still even with Carlson, their defense. Uh, it's, I would say there's there's like less than a two percent chance of them being better than the Rangers. Um, so realistically, the the Islanders would be the only team that could move them from third to fourth, but I don't think that's happening either. Um, you know, so that's why I'm, I'm going to go beer, but again, you know, listen, strange things have happened in the NHL. The Rangers could finish, you know, one, two, three, you know, uh, four, no lower than that. But um, I, I would say if I'm a betting man, which I am, um, I, w- I would think they're, they're probably good. They're probably good for third. Um, so, yeah. I have to go beer too. There's no chance I can go to to uh, all the way up to buying a round. And the reason why is they have the scoring. They have the defense. They have everything that makes me go. They're going to, they're going to finish at least in third place. Call me if Igor Sesterkin is injured for a long period of time. Then that gets me concerned because then you're riding oh, yeah. Jonathan quick in there 
that can change up everything. <laughs> I think that's every team, though. That's every team, but Laviolette yeah. is a good coach. He'll be able to coach the defense out of them, and they're gonna. I think they're gonna be better defensively than they were under Gerard Gallant. Oh, absolutely. And, sorry, what, folk? No, I said, oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so we're gonna see about that. And um, I, I think I want to say it, but what if everything clicks for Pittsburgh? What if uh, Ilya Sorokin? throws the Islanders on his shoulders because after all that'll lead me right into the next one since 2011 uh, sorry sorry 2011. <laughs> 2021 since Ilya Sorokin entered the league which was still after 2011 by the way uh Ilya Sorokin first in state percentage goals against that saves save percentage above expected Anthony goals no. goal saved goal saved, goal above, saved above expected goal saved above and expected. shutouts First in all those categories, and this is all presented to us by Nathan Gravity, who put, tweeted this out this week. Ilya Sorokin is the best goalie in the NHL. There you go, Anthony. It's the only right answer for this is is beer because I think there's I think there's three goalies in the league that you know themselves and their fan bases can make claims for as the best goaltender in the league, and that's that's Vasilevsky. Um, Sorokin and Shesterkin. Now, NHL Network recently just did like their top 10 and and uh, Vasilevsky was one, um, which for me was a little bit of recency bias because of his cups. And, you know, I guess he's a brick wall in game sevens. But if you look at the regular season, the last two years, he hasn't even been in the top 10 in save percentage. So he's not that he's been bad, but he's just been he hasn't been close to the top. Um, you know, in that category. So I think putting him at one is is a little is a little unfair in that regard. Again, a little bit of recency bias. Um, and as far as Shesterkin and Sorokin, again, Ranger fans are going to say Shesterkin's the best goalie. Islander fans are going to say Ilya Sorokin's the best goalie. But here, here, you know, here's the fact. This is an opinion. It's you know, it's fact. Sorokin's first year in the league with Shesterkin, he he had better numbers. Well, let's throw that out the window because he only played 22 games and Shesterkin played 35. So the sample sizes are small. Two years ago, Ily, uh, Ily, Igor Shesterkin was better than Ilya Sorokin. Last year, Ilya Sorokin was better than Igor Shesterkin. So for me, this I think this coming season is going to be the true measuring stick to see if one is truly better than the other. To my eyes, they both have a W over each other. Each one has had a better season than the other. Um, so with that said, you know, I know, you know, Igor has the, has the Vesna. Yes. Uh, you know, for one, for Linus Olmark putting on a Hashik mask, Sorokin would have brought home his first Vesna. but um, the correct answer to this question, long story short, uh, is beer. But um, I think, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with anybody saying Ely Sorokin is the best goalie in the league. And I wouldn't have a problem with someone trying to tell me Vasilevsky or Shesterkin is, but um, the numbers and everything, are certainly there to make a case for you. Phil. Yeah, I got to go beer. Um, I would have said that last, probably before last year, I would have said that the three best goalies in the league in any order you wanted to put them in are three Russians, Vasilevsky, Sorokin, and Shosturkin. Um After this year, I, I'm, I'm putting Vasilevsky at three. Uh, yes, just, like Anthony I, said, like he, 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 like his last two years have not been that impressive. I, I get it. 
it's like it's it's like the Billy Smith complex. The guy plays down in the regular season now these last two years, and then just goes into brick wall mode in the playoffs. The only problem is this year in the playoffs he wasn't that great. So for me, I'm dropping him to three. And then if you want to play one A one B, I have no problem with either either one because Sorokin had the better year. Like look, facts are facts. Sorokin had the better year. Um, you oh sorry. Uh, I will say that that can be also attributed to the fact that there were a lot of problems with Gerard Gallant and the coaching and the lack of a system and defense really hurt Shosturkin. But truth be told, Shosturkin was very inconsistent himself. So that that's also a part of it. But, yeah, I, I'm going beer here. It's a 1A, 1B between the two New York goalies right now. I got to agree with you guys. Uh, I would – I would give the leading edge to to Sturkin, but he can easily just uh, like have the same amount of Vesna's as Sorokin after next year, uh, unless of course, like someone else comes out of nowhere to win one. Like, uh, like I don't know. I'm trying to think of anybody else. Usy Sorrow. Usy Soros. Usy Soros. Oh, I, I was riding the Thatcher Demko train last year and a uh, healthy Thatcher Demko. I don't think Yusuf Saros is winning one anytime soon, though, unless he tar- unless he gets the Hasek mash and mm-hmm. just all of a sudden <laughs> carries he, yeah. might, he might have to, especially with that team. Yeah. Where that's another team that's like a, I, uh, Raiden said before, wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see on Nashville, too. Let's see if this uh, new experiment and this new style is going to work for them. So, but I got to go with that. And the team that knocked out the best goalie in the league, according to NHL Network, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they signed Cole, uh, Coach Sheldon Keefe to a four-year extension today. It is wise for the Leafs to lock up Sheldon Keefe. Guys, I'm going to start this shot. Absolutely a shot. Uh, I Four years? For what? One playoff series win? Uh, Gerard Gallant won two, and the Ranger fans couldn't wait to run him out of town. That's that's a big commitment to make. I don't know about that one. Phil, what do you think? I'm going to say beer. I mean, yeah, they won their first playoff series in 19 years, which obviously is a big thing for the Maple Leafs, considering that they also haven't won a cup since 1967. Um, not really here to take shots, but you know, <laughs> I mean, you got to point these things out because Toronto is expecting a lot. They're expecting a lot of their team. They're expecting a lot of their players, and they're expecting a lot of a coach. And I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that Keith is the cause of their problems because I don't think he is. I, I think the roster construction has been really poor, and I, I blame a lot of that to Kyle Dubas and his over reliance on uh, analytics. So for me, I don't think it's necessarily a great move, but I also don't think it's a bad move either because I do think Keith is a decent coach. I just don't know if he's going to be the guy that can really get them over the hump. So I'm going to stick with a beer here. By the way, we're not trying to take shots, but we do feel like kind of slapping some people upside the head, like shared and Nicholas Cage and Moonstruck to be like, snap out of it. Anthony, what do you think? Was this a good move or a bad move? Um, 
I don't. I wouldn't. I would say that really the, the jury's still out, right? I mean, he's he's the guy that obviously wasn't Tree Living's guy, but he decided to keep him anyway. Um, you know, I, I think that you know it's fair to see him get get a look again, playing under a different you know coaching under a different GM. Um, you know, gave him pretty much all the same pieces that he had last year with the additions of some even more guys like Tyler Bertuzzi to the lineup. Um, and uh, I, listen, the, and also too, if they got rid of him or didn't sign him and let him expire, and they got someone else, I mean, who's really out there? That I mean, Bruce Boudreau. I mean, it's not like there's like the best coach of all time sitting out there. Um, you know, not to, to Joel Quenville, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'll have a coach again. But the point is, I don't think there's, I don't think there's many guys out there that are significantly better than Sheldon Keith that they can give a look. I mean, he knows, he knows the players he knows the systems why not you know why not keep them and see what happens next year so um you know i'm, I'm gonna go beer on this not a round, uh, but i mean i think i think beer is fair oh yeah I, th- I threw it up there when uh during your answer by the way anthony you started out the show by saying that me and trevor zegris have something in common we don't have nhl yeah. contracts do you know who else doesn't yeah jake debrusque 27 goals last year, 23 assists, 50 points. And he requested a trade. He has a contract. He's not, he's, not, he's not an RFA. Mark. Oh, no. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, Jake Lebrowski oh, signed. He's not, he's not unsigned. He's... Mark, really? <laughs> I fucked up, man. Oh, my God. Oh, Mark. Oh. <laughs> All right, all right. <laughs> okay. Oh, all God. right. Well, I'm not going to be able to edit that out of uh, the audio. <laughs> uh, okay. Speaking about teams that haven't won many playoff series in a while, the Minnesota Wild have not won a playoff series since 2015 that beat the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> Filk. Through Anthony's laughter, can you um? The Minnesota Wild are going to win a playoff series this season. Oh my God, Mark! I can't with you. I can't. Yep. I know. Oh man, you you crack me up to no extent. Uh, <laughs> I I'm gonna I'm you know what. I'm just going to go shot. I, I, I don't see how this team has gotten any better. I like Brock Faber a lot. He was really good in college, um, really good for the U.S. junior team when he played. Um, I, I just – I'm looking at this roster, and I just don't see what makes them – what brings them over the top for me. I mean, they, they, they lack center depth. Is Marco Rossi – gonna end up being a good NHL player or did COVID really screw him up permanently because that would be a real sad story if that was the case um but I mean Ryan Hartman is your number one center Freddie Gaudreau Freddie Gaudreau is a really good player any team would love to have a player like Freddie Gaudreau not trying to say anything bad about him but if he's gonna be a guy that you're gonna rely on for big offense that's a problem does Joel Erickson Eck have another like sixty point season and, and and challenge for a Selkie again? Because I mean he was really good this year. 
23 goals, 61 points. Um, but I, I just – I had a lot of questions about that offense. The defense has gotten worse. Even though I, mean, I know some people are going to say Matt Dumba is kind of like addition by subtraction. Yes, but he's also still a body. So who's replacing him? If Faber steps up and could do what Dumba did and be like a 40-point defenseman and solid two-way play, then you know what? Yeah, then maybe this team is going to be better than we all think. But I, I still don't see them winning a playoff series. I'm going to say shot. Anthony? So in, Pat Maroon. Out, Ryan Reeves, John Klinberg, Gustav Nyquist, Sam Steele, Oscar Sundquist, Matt Dumba. Um, you know they didn't they they, they didn't do enough. Um, you know I, I really love Matthew Boldy. I love how he played the, last year, how he broke he's out. Um, he, he's he's a real good player. Um, gonna get even better. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't see them winning the playoffs. I mean. Listen, they have Kirill Kaprizov, who is one of the most, to me, like he's one of the most electrical, fun, electric, fun to watch player in the league. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they have enough. I'm, I'm going to say shot. I can't help but look at their competition. Even though at, at one point they ended up uh, being in first place for a good amount of time, and they were a damn good team in in the winter. Just, just it's it's uh, it's it's just I I don't see them beating Colorado or or Dallas. I don't see any way they could do that. So I got to go shot as well, and put that one up there. All right, and going back to the last one because I fixed the mistake. Jake DeBrusque is in the final year of his contract, and he hopes that he'll be a Bruin next season. He was saying this on NHL.com. Jake DeBrusque will be a Bruin to start next season. Mr. LaRocco. Round. Um, I don't see him being traded at this point. Yes, I know they need a desperate you know, need at center ice, but as we discussed before many times, I, I don't see the, the Bruins trading for a needle mover at the center ice position that would require DeBrusque to go to the other, to go the other way at this point in time. Um, so I'd, I would be really surprised. Uh, I think they hold on to him. They're going to need all the scoring they can get. Uh, their center is going to have to be center by committee, so they're going to need but It was supposed to be 24-25 season. Oh, oh well, that's 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 that would have been uh, good to know. Well, that changes my that changes my that, that changes my answer. Then but now I'm thinking I, I I wrote it too quick. It's this season, yeah. Oh my God, we're going way far ahead here, Mark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I had the question right, then I had the description wrong, and the lead-in screwed that one up. Oh my god! I can't um, wait. I can't wait till we eventually get assistance one day. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say beer. I'll just like D- Devon Laves, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was no, no, no. It was Lowe's. It was Lowe's? Lowe's. Like, Lowe's. Lowe's. Yeah, yeah, Lowe's. Lowe's. That's all uh, correct. I was too busy worried about Moritz Sider being right. I, I have no. Like I said, your your uh, your propensity to be able to just mess up names and misspell things is you. It's almost to the point where you think like you do it purposely, like you're trolling people. Because it's so frequently, it's like how do you like how do you not like catch it like or proofread like after you do it, like oh that's wrong. 
Well, because I thought I had it um, on there. This this but, graphic has been up way too many times today, everybody. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, um, oh yeah, ne- that changes. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go beer. Uh, I mean, the Bruins cap situation um, isn't the best, but with that, you know, without actually looking right now, I mean, I don't know who they have coming off the books, maybe to help you know extend the brusque. Uh, and being that they're gonna have needs at center ice, they may have to spend their money elsewhere. Um, so yeah, it's it's possible that he it's possible that he leaves, but um, I guess it depends on a you know how how the Bruins fare this season. Um, you know, meaning if they're out of it, he could be traded at the deadline, or or if he doesn't perform well. So there's a lot of things that go into it. So I mean, really, the only way I can answer this is you know beer. Phil. Uh, I'm going to go beer because I, I actually looked at their cap situation and they, they're going to have only three defensemen on the books next year, provided that they stick with the guys that they have. Um, and they don't have a lot of high price forwards coming off the books outside of the brother. I mean, it's Milan Lucic was signed to a one-year deal. Van Reems like one year, one year deal. And they both got 1 million for those two um, for those contracts. So it's one year, 1 million for each. Jesper Boquist will be a restricted free agent, but I don't think they're going to be breaking the bank on him. AJ Greer will be an unrestricted free agent, but again, he's another one that they're probably not going to break the bank on. So their, their core guys are all really in place like Pasternak, Marshan, Coyle, um, Zaka, Trent Frederick will have one year left on his deal at 2.3. Morgan Geeky, one year left at two. But I would say they probably have him back, but it's it's not a guarantee. And they may want to trade him at some point for center depth because they're they're going to need it. And DeBrusque will actually be a pretty good piece. Well, let's just say this. If Boston falls off the way that, they, that we think they might, Linus Allmark, is, Linus Allmark is not putting up another 933 save percentage season. That's not happening again. Look at the amount of goaltenders that have done it, and then look at the amount of goaltenders that have repeated it. There's one guy that's repeated it. It's fairly obvious who that guy is. So Allmark is likely not repeating that. He's going to drop and that Boston team is more than likely going to drop off even harder with that and then losing two top six centers and not replacing them. So for, for me, I think there's a chance that they might be selling assets by dead. So I'm going to say beer, but I, I'm leaning towards shot. Um, I'm thinking that it's going to be uh, probably I'm, – I'm, I'm going to go shot. I might as well go out and – and go out on a limb. I've already screwed up enough tonight, so why not? So it's I, I just think they're gonna be having to sell off assets. They spent 30 million dollars on the blue line this year. And that's just not gonna happen. And I I just don't I, I don't know if they're gonna have what it takes to really contend at a high level. They might have to sell off their assets, especially since they got a whole lot of nothing. They got no draft picks basically at all next year. So good luck, guys. Uh, I, and I hope they're definitely hoping that he stays. All right. Well, he's hoping to stay. By the way, the Seattle Kraken guys last year, they, they in their first series 
beat the Colorado Avalanche. It was the first time an expansion team in their first ever series defeated a Stanley Cup champ. Seattle's first round upset was no fluke. And I I don't know which way to attack this one, guys, especially since uh, the orders all changed up right here. But um, you've, been, you've been relegated. I've been relegated. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised, I'm surprised I wasn't on the box. So we, we relegate you by moving you over. Um, guys, I'm actually going to start it. I'm going to say, yeah, it's no fluke. Seattle's a good team. And a part of that has to do with Colorado just did not have it. And then McCarr getting suspended, I think it was game six. That didn't help matters either. Yes, there was a disallowed goal in game seven. But come on, the Colorado Avalanche, there shouldn't have been a game seven against the Seattle Kraken, right? I mean, but the Kraken held in there. Grubauer was pretty good. Their goaltending, hopefully he's he, he's good again this year. I, th- I think Seattle could get another 100-point season, and they, they could be solid. Anthony? Yeah, I'm going to go round. I mean, I, I still – I still think Seattle's a good team. I think they'll be a good team going forward. I mean, I, th- I do think it was curious they let Daniel Sprong go. Um, you know, really, they, the only thing they did was added Brian Dumoulin and a guy, Kaylor Yamamoto. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you could say they, they got better, but um, I think they could still hold water from what they did last season. Um, I like Matty Beniers a lot, obviously. Jared McCann had a really good year, 40 goals. Um, Jordan Eberle had a bounce-back year. Um, they play fast. Uh, Grubauer again, while he's not, you know, outstanding, um, you know, he he was enough to to get them in the playoffs. Well, I shouldn't say he didn't get them in the playoffs, but you know, he, he's serviceable enough is basically what I mean. So he's not a you know Phoenix Copley or Cam Talbot at this point. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I think the Kraken are still a good team. As I said earlier, you know, I have them above the Flames. Um, you know, really like fourth in the Pacific. Uh, I think they're a playoff team, and yeah, uh, uh, it was no fluke that they beat Colorado. They deserved it. Phil, what do you think? So are we talking about them this year or just about that playoff series? Because the way that this discussion has evolved – It's a little bit of both. That They're a good team. That's the reason why they really won. Yeah, I'm going to say round them. I mean, I I just (sighs) – I wonder if they got any better. Uh, like Anthony said, why would you get rid of a 26-gold Daniel Sprung? To me, that just uh, – who are they replacing that with? That's what I want to know. Um, the other thing I worry about with Seattle is their defense. I don't know if Vince Dunn is putting up 60 points again. That's a lot. That's a lot of points. It was out of nowhere. Um, I always thought Vince Dunn could be like a, a good – Point producing defenseman, like 40 plus point guy, but a 60 plus point guy. That was I, you tell me somebody that expected Vince Dunn to put up points in a season, and I'll show you a liar. So, I, I mean, to me, I, I, I don't know, I, I really do think that they might have some trouble this season. Just because I, I don't think they improved, I think teams are gonna really be looking at them in, in a different light. It's almost like when you're that breakout team, that next year, teams game plan for you differently. They know you now. Now yep. they know they're they're aware. So 
I I really think that it it wasn't a fluke, but I I do have some questions about them this, this upcoming year. All right. And we got a couple more guys, and then we're going to get to some fuck Doku. Calgary's Andrew Mangiapane. We mentioned him earlier in the uh, in the preview segment for the Calgary Flames that he is happy and he's cleared to go, medically good. His uh, his shoulder is he's recovered from shoulder surgery. Mangiapane will score thirty goals next season. Phil, going to you. I'm gonna go beer. I think it's possible. I think he ends somewhere between 25 and 30. Um, his shooting percentage was really high in 2022. Um, I, I, I don't. Yeah. I I don't like that. Um, his shooting percentage in 2023 was a 9.3, and that's closer to his career of 14.9. I mean, the, the two seasons he had before that were 18.9 and 19.8 in 2021, both years that he was on page for 30. Um, I I think he gets back to like a, a 12% shooting percentage somewhere in that range. Um, so I'm going to say between 25 and 30, I'm going to go here. Anthony. I have a beer too. Um, you know, this is a guy that he, he's um, he does like Phil mentioned earlier. You know, he needs to play with some higher end players, uh, but he does have a really he does have a really good release and, and wrist shot. I think that's why he scored you know thirty five goals two years ago. Um, but the thing about that is you got to remember he scored thirty five goals, and you know he didn't play with Gaudreau or Kachuk because that line was Gaudreau, Lindholm, and Kachuk. He he played with other yeah. guys and he still scored thirty five goals. So Monahan, you know, you, yeah. So you could say, okay, well, maybe he could score thirty because you know he, he did it in a you know a second line role essentially. But um, I, I'd say twenty five is a safe bet. I, I don't know if we'll get back to thirty five, but I think he's more than capable of scoring twenty five. So for me, you play it safe, beer. Yeah, guys, we're doing way too much agreeing on this. I'm going to have to go beer as well. Phil broke it down very nicely where you looked at him a couple years ago, 56 games, 18 goals. That's on, that's a 30 goal pace. So, uh, 68 games, 17 goals. That's not as good. He was at a 15% shooting percentage. Phil always brings us up when he talks about guys that have explosive numbers. If their shooting percentage are way too high, then usually it's, too good to be true um yeah i i think 25 but i i I can only bet on on him getting into the maybe the mid-20s i can't figure maybe a puck doesn't go in maybe he hits the post on another one so i gotta go beer on that all right guys elliot friedman said on a podcast this week on elias petterson's position to re-sign with the Canucks. It depends on the team's performance. He says, I would say a lot of it, almost all of it. We said, we talked about this last week, Anthony. Pedersen's done in Vancouver. So, <clears throat> based on what Freeman said about pretty much all of it, based on how the, the Canucks uh, do, will determine his fate. Plus, the fact that I think the Canucks are going to miss the playoffs equals around, right? Because if he's saying that 
you know, it depends on his future. So that that's because what the Canucks are bad. You know, he won't resign, thus meaning likely getting traded. So by that equation, um, no, I'll say around, but. Literally, though, in the sense of it, is he done in Vancouver? I mean, no, it's a shot. The season hadn't started yet. You know, who knows how, you know, Vancouver does. You know, maybe a surprise people. Maybe they get in the playoffs. Maybe, you know, he just has a good feeling um, about the season and how things went and he wants to stay. So there's, there's so many there's so many factors that play into it. To say he's done, you know, affirmatively right now, saying round, you, you, you can't. But um, I was just saying in the sense of, you know, Saying if they're a bad team, essentially he's not going to resign. That likely Ted's going to be traded. So that's why I said round. But in this reality situation, technically, um, I'm going to go shot. Oh, sorry, wrong one. Phil, what do you think? So you got another season in Vancouver? Well, it's a shot because I think he's playing this season in Vancouver. And then after well, that, yeah, that's you guys know what I mean by this. So he's done in Vancouver after next season, you mean? Yes. He resign he doesn't I, resign I, with Vancouver. I I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna say beer just at that point then, just because of the fact that who knows what Vancouver does this season. Does Quinn Hughes learn how to really play defense in his own zone? I mean, that, that could bring them a long way if that ends up happening. Does Pedersen himself, you know, not not be distracted by the fact that he may not be back there after next season? And, and does he put up 100 points again? If he puts up 100 points again, that, that could have Vancouver going a long way towards the playoffs. Does Andre Kuzmenko, does he, you know, follow up on a real good year First year in the NHL, 74 points and 39 goals as technically a rookie, but not really a rookie. I mean, JT Miller, does he get back to a, a, an 85 plus, 90 plus point player? There are a lot of question marks with this Vancouver team. So, I mean, he had 82 last year, he had 99 the year before, but JT Miller for a large portion of last year was not himself or the JT Miller from the year before, I should say. So, um, I'm going to say beer just because I think that there's outlying what the hell is going on with that music. I am not asking any questions, uh, yeah. but it's another um, reason I'm why we need to do it. It's not too ominous to ignore there. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go beer here. I'm still going beer on this one, too. I think it's going to be – we talked about it last week. The RFA status, I don't think there's going to be a bidding war for him. I don't think anybody's going to offer sheet him. What I do think is that he could force a trade to get himself out of there. But I have a feeling Vancouver's going to be closer to the Buffalo Sabres than of last year than they were the Vancouver team of last of the last year that they were on. I had them as the surprise team. I thought that they were the under the radar team. They were going to be great. I thought they were going to contend. And instead we got last year and that was just a disaster. I uh, 83 points. They finished 12 points out of the playoffs. Maybe actually if they learned how to hold on to leads in the third period, because I mean, I mean, they they blew multi-goal leads like repeatedly, so that that goes without saying. I'm I'm gonna go with that. It's the beer, and I think he's I think he's staying there. I don't think it's gonna be that much of a problem. 
Phil, last one. The women's uh, the professional women's hockey league will begin operations this league week, and the league will begin games in January. The PWHL can succeed. I want it to succeed. It would be nice to see it succeed. I question whether or not it can. Women's sports have always had a tough time getting a strong backing and a consistent following. Part of it is due to TV deals. Part of it is due to the fact that even women would, even most women would rather watch men's sports. Um, I... I, I just I, I have a lot of trouble seeing it succeed. I really do, despite how badly I want it to actually succeed. Does this league get backing from the NHL? That's one of my big questions, and, and that's I, I'd imagine that's on everybody's mind. But I think it can. I, I just I have my doubts. Uh, I'm gonna go beer. Just because I, I I think there's a possibility things have to I think everything has to go right for it, but the biggest problem that they're up against right now is that not only is it a women's sport and it, there's just less viewership for women's sports in general, but it's the least watched sport out of the major four in the U.S. So it, it's behind the eight ball, well behind the eight ball right off from the get-go. Anthony, what do you think? Do you think the Professional Women's Hockey League can succeed? I mean, define success. Are you talking like, you know, <clears throat> trying grow, to be like grow. the WNBA? Because that's not going to happen. I mean, uh, I, I mean, as much as I want it to, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say shot. I mean, I just, I don't know. Cook said it. You know, the NHL as it is is you know not as popular as some of the other major sports. So now you're talking women's hockey on top of that. Um, you know, the market for it. I mean, I, I like that they put a team in Minnesota. They were smart to put it a team where like people care about hockey. That was that was a good move. Um, you know, but I don't, I don't know. I, don't know where they're going to get their, their backing and their following from. Um, you know, I, I I hope I'm wrong because I would love it to see it, um, but I don't, I don't think it will. I'm going to go around on this one, guys, and I actually think one reason why they're not, why they are going to succeed, why they're not going to fail or anything, I think they're, as Anthony said, I think they're starting small and they're – and. They're moving up the ladder, a six-team league, a six cities. You gotta like the way this this all looks, and um, I, I actually think that's the best way to do it and grow the game. They were doing these tours and going to different cities. They they were doing a game at the Garden. Everything looked good for them, and then looking at them now, I mean. You got bankable players. Hillary Knight is very bankable. Uh, there's obviously Sarah Nurse, but it's just and and like the NHL. I don't know what their backing is on it, guys, but it might be better that the NHL isn't completely involved. Maybe a partnership, not 
like at, at times I think the the NBA it's more like a nuisance for them to have to market the product. I don't know, but I think it's probably better to be off on your own. I don't know how much involvement the NHL has on this. Well, guys, that's the end of Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk. We were engaging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. And to answer anyone's questions, no, I am not drunk. I was just making those mistakes <laughs> all on my own. <laughs> anyway, boys. Anyway, let's play some Puck Doku. Let's see what we got today. And in our group chats, we mentioned um, wow. mentioned a couple of really good names. This one's a tough one mm-hmm. today, guys. Because the OHL, I had to think of guys that were in the OHL that played in there. Um, so let's get that on the screen right there. So All right. I, uh, I used Brian Berard for the Maple Leafs in OHL. Um, yeah. I, basically, I just, I just try to think of – I tried to think of, like, high draft picks from, you know, back in the day kind of and – Carlo is one that I used for mine. And I know that you didn't use this guy, and I know he fits the bill because he was uh, Carlo Koliakovo's teammate in the OHL for the Erie Otters, Brad Boyce. Love it. That goes for the Maple Leafs, right? Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Because they drafted him, traded him to San Jose for Owen Nolan. He didn't play for them originally played for them in his last season in his career and funny enough 0.4 is what i got for koliakovo perfect i always remember yeah. brad boys because he had the cy young numbers yeah so that's just a so, little bit of a different thing for the flames in ohl i used jamie allison i explained that group chat i basically just knew he was a flame and he was a canadian guy and i just totally took a guess and got and got uh and got rewarded 0.1 so he's out but um it's tough. It's, it's a little tough. By the way, Anthony, this is relegation. I'm all the way at the bottom. Half my face is covered yeah. by the puck up. Because <laughs> that's what I deserve today. You can get rid of that let's play puck doku part. Yeah. Yeah, we could. Flames Flames and OHL. Um, the guy that I used in my thing was Mark Savard. I used Corey Stewart. All right. Uh, let's see. What about uh Stephen Stephen Reinbrecht? Did he play in the OHL? No, he was Danny Heatley's center at Wisconsin. Okay, uh, so that's out. Uh, uh, Tange obviously QMH. Uh, no, yeah, QMJ. Yeah. Um, okay. uh, Chris uh, Drury, where did he play? Oh, BU. BU. Wow. <laughs> You know what? It's it's amazing. Sometimes the words come out of my mouth, and then I hear it, and then I go, "You idiot!" <laughs> he was he was only one of the uh, big players in one of my favorite hockey books to read. Eleven seconds. Steve Dubinsky. Did he play? Did Steve Dubinsky play in the OE in the OE? Well, I got a guy right here. Let me just double Actually, check. Actually, Sandy McCarthy would be another good one. I think if he played. Hold on. I think I think Sandy McCarthy might have played in the OHL. Just give me one second on that. I just want to check now. McCarthy. I knew the flame. No, McCarthy was the Q. Wow. Um 
I got a good one for possibly Calgary and Edmonton. Steve Steos. Stay on task here, guy. I would use Steve Steos. That's a good one. No, Steve Dubinsky did not play. He played in the ECAC. He was a big scorer in college, too. Oh, shit. All right, we'll uh, go to Hockey Database on this one. Um, let's see. Robin Regeer was a WHL player, I believe. I got tried Ryan Callahan. Yeah, Regeer was a Canada Blazer. Um, Actually, that's a that's a good question. Would he fall under that? What? Uh, Forty playoff points. Robin Regeer? No, Ryan Callahan. Ryan Callahan, I think, might have gotten just short on that, honestly. He was not a big playoff performer. So are you are you still <clears throat> jumping around? Are you what are you I'm jumping around a little bit. I'm sorry, because I'm hey, still because Anthony, <laughs> I don't know many guys. By the way, talk about just short Phil, 39 points. I thought so. I thought so. I, I would love to uh, to to help us right here, but I Trying to think of more NHL guys. Uh, OHL guys. Uh, Joe Newendike, a Western uh, OHL guy? Hey, wait a minute. What about Manny Mahaltra? Did he ever play for the Flames? I don't think he did. I know he's a OHL guy, but he's... Uh... No, Mahaltra never played for the Flames. He played for Guelph, just like Callahan. All right. Yeah, because I used to talk all the time to the trainer from Guelph. Oh, no. Neuendijk was Cornell. That's right. Fuck, I forgot. You <laughs> went to Cornell just like Ken Dryden did. Just in case if anybody's still with us, we have six of you guys still remaining. Um, we uh, you, we we don't use the stats or the guys that we use. Yeah, just to just otherwise day. it would just be filling uh, would just be filling everything in. I think Calgary. Right about this one for Calgary and OHL. He he yeah uh, yes he is because he got into that fight with Steve Downey over that hazing incident. Yeah, it, that's correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yep. That's that's Akeem, a good one. Uh, Aliu. Yep. 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 Zero point four. There you go. That's a good one. 40, 40 playoff points for his career. So I, I used jo- I, I used uh I used Josh Bailey. That was easy for me because obviously I knew he got it with the Islanders and he played for Windsor. Justin, I used Drew was, Doughty. That was an easy one. Drew Doughty. That's a good one. Um, OHL big time. Um, I could tell you Jason Spezza fits that, but that might be fairly obvious. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's too high up. Um, um, huh. Let's see here. Uh, I mean John Tavares, but that'd be obvious. Be obvious. Um, I think if I just always oh, What about uh, uh, trying to find? I got one. Oh. Dan Girardi. No. 
40 points. Mark, are you being sarcastic? Oh, no, we had 36. I looked at penalty minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. What the? Guys, I'm not having a great day. And you are not, not having a great day at all. I am not having a great day. I, I, I would just love to know when even you take a look at Dan Girardi. I, I can't even remember any like notable Girardi goals or points in the playoffs. Guelph Storm, he did have 12 in uh, 11, 12. 12 against Ottawa. I figured, figured he would at least have some moments. 40 playoff points in an NHL career played for OHL. Damn it. I would well, say I had one. A- a- Andrew Burnett, but he only had 35 playoff points. Wow. And a lot of them probably came in that 2003 run. Um. See, I got uh, Michael Pecker was a WE. Damn it, Michael was a WHL guy. What what about uh, Adam Deadmarsh? Adam Deadmarsh might felt that actually might be a really good one. Actually, hold on, I like Adam Deadmarsh a lot. I like that one a lot too because I I think between the the ninety six run. No, yeah, he did. He did. Adam but did he play? Yeah, Adam sixty-six no, no, points. No, 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 WHL though. He's Portland Winter. Yeah, w, Hawks. damn it. Yeah, WHL. No, it won't work. He's a Portland Winterhawk. Um, Patrick Kane is too obvious, Jeremy. Jeremy, that's just yeah, too obvious. He was the first overall pick for London Knights. Um. Uh, did, did what about uh what about hold Jeff on. Sanderson? I think I might have one. I think I might have one. Jordan Eberle. Oh no, he's a Regina Pat. Ah, shit, that's right. <laughs> yeah. What about Jeff Jeff oh. Anderson? No, nope, not enough points. Jeff Anderson? Yeah, he wasn't. No, I just looked. He he played in the WHL too. Damn it. Jeff Cornell. Hard part is remembering who did who was in what league. So many different junior leagues. Uh, Jeff Cortnell's W was WHL. Yeah. <clears throat> I have as long as he played in the OHL, I think I um <clears throat> Steve Thomas. Steve Thomas. Steve, Steve Thomas. Thomas points. It's it's a matter of whether he played in the the OHL or not. He did. I just looked it up. Steve Thomas. Okay, Steve Thomas. So we got that one. Pittsburgh wow. Penguins with uh forty points in their career. Uh, Joe Mullen is a good one. <clears throat> Playoff points. Yeah. Yeah. Rick. Tomlin. I used um. Who do I use? I use Larry Murphy. I use Sergey Zuboff. I yeah, use... that was a good one. Uh, I think I might have a good one for you guys. That's definitely going to come up low, and it doesn't matter because he doesn't have enough points. I was going to go with John Cullen. <clears throat> but... I use I use John I use John Cullen for um, Pittsburgh and Toronto up top. Yeah. I used Tomas Sandstrom for Pittsburgh for this one, though. And that came up really low. Um, 
Oh, what about Marty McSorley? You know what? I, I don't know if he had the points. It, it, it's a matter of whether or not. Truck. Pat, Pasquale Dupuis, you think that'll be high in percentage? Uh, I think that's way too high in percentage. Did he have enough points? Yeah, I just saw you at uh, 44. <clears throat> Hold on, let me see. I want to see what McSorley had. McSorley had oh, 29 points. Yeah. Um, Kunitz would Chris be Kunitz obvious. Kunitz could be a decent answer. That, that would How be about obvious. Miroslav Shatan? Yo, I don't know. He might fall just short on points. He might. 54 points. I mean, Buffalo. I think Miro Shatan would be a good answer then. For that, for fifty-four yeah. points, he'd also be a good answer for Edmonton. Actually, let's do the Edmonton one for him because he won a cup with, um, with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. So people might remember yeah. that. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, he 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 got traded from Edmonton to Buffalo. Yeah. Point 1%. one, yo, let's go, baby. <laughs> let's go. So we still got some other used, ones that we could use for Pittsburgh. I used um, uh, I used Charlie Huddy for that one. I that was used, that was not a bad one, Anthony. That was definitely not a bad Ken one. Nilsen because nobody remembers Ken Nilsson playing like twenty games in Edmonton, but he like he played like two very short seasons uh, at the end of his career with them. He got traded to them for before the eighty-seven uh, run. Uh, hey, can I throw this one out there? Marcus Naslin. Oh. Yeah, because uh, oh, you know what though? That's a very talked about trade, Naslin for Stoyanic. So that that's um, Bill Guerin. Uh, I'm still thinking people are gonna remember that one. Dupuis, uh, Dupuis, you could try Dupuis. I mean, I don't know how high it's going to be. I mean, I can't imagine it being higher than one percent, but maybe. Uh, uh, I'll try. I'll try to to play. Um, hold on, hold on. I may have one actually. I may have one. Sean McEachern. Sean McEachern. Sean McEachern. By the way, on the private uh, browser. Uh, Sean McEachern. It was no Sean McEachern didn't make it. Shit, thirty-seven points. What was Dupuis? One percent. I would probably just go with Dupuis then. I don't know if you're gonna yeah, find do it. Betty better. All right, we're that. doing it. Only one percent. Pascal Dupuis. And I, I'm a little bit shocked about that. That's it. I know yeah, there's for Oilers for Oilers Flames. I used, um, uh, I used Aaron Gordon Johnson. Anderson. You know, oh, you know what he used for oil, uh, Oilers Flames will be a low percentage guaranteed to Josh Green. Yeah, well, I, Josh I, Green. Would go with that. I would go with that. You mean famed New York Islander and New York Ranger yeah. Josh Green? Yeah, yeah, incorrect. Oh, he was boy. an oiler. But he wasn't a flame. Wow. I know he was an oiler. He I... was not a flame though. <laughs> wow. I thought for sure he was a flame. You could always you could always go down the to, to 
clear game and start over. Was that end game? Yeah. All right. I'll just I'll get all these names back up. Oh, Mark, Mark, I'm looking at I'm, I'm looking at how is that wrong? I'm looking at his hockey DB right now. He played for the Oilers and he played for the Flames in 2003, 2004. Because I put him in Toronto. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jesus Christ, Mark. Uh, you said Toronto. No, I, I said Oilers and Flames for sure. Uh, this is this 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 is this is like an all-time show for me today. It's yikes! Sorry to everybody. Dupuis, Dupuis, got it. At least, uh, at least we'll have a blooper reel. Shatan. Okay, last one. Calgary and T Toronto. You're saying Josh Green. No, not Calgary and Toronto. Calgary and Edmonton. Yes, you're on Calgary and Edmonton right now. All right. Oh, yes, Josh Green. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 0, 0.0. Great. That was a great guess the first time. All right. What next? Uh, so for F Maple Leafs and Oilers, I use Chad Kilger. That's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, I mainly went Glenn Anderson, but uh, yeah. Let's see. Hold on. Let me see what I put. And we're on Maple Leafs Oilers. Uh, uh for Maple Leafs and Oilers. Yeah. I put Ken Vanderbilt, and that was 0.1%. Um, wow. Obviously, we could go Curtis Joseph. But that's going to be too um, obvious. Way too obvious. Yes. Uh, let's just pick a year. Let's say 2006. I mean, Michael Pecka played for uh, Toronto, right? Oh, yeah, he played for both. I would put Michael Pecka. That would be a good one. Because not a lot of people are going to remember the fact that he played for Toronto. Uh, not to use Davis in this instance. Uh, My man, just you can put Pecka there. Just put Pecka there? Pecka. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You might go that many people. I don't think that many people that man. high. I think maybe one or two percent. <clears throat> All right, but actually, I got a. I got okay. another stream getting on. Tor Toronto. All right, I went Kobe Armstrong for Toronto versus uh, Toronto Pittsburgh. I went John Cullen there. For who? Toronto Pittsburgh. John Cullen. You can put. Uh, you can put oh, I went. Uh, I went. Uh, All Ben. The goaltender, Jan Sebastian Oban. Um, we gotta come up with someone else. You could put Obviously Larry Francis. But are they gonna Ron be too Francis obvious? Actually, might be a good one because he played for a very short time with Toronto. 
Larry Murphy would be a good one. Okay. All right, let's try it. Larry Murphy? Uh, yeah, why not? I would say Larry Murphy, lesser name. Hasn't played in a while. A lot of reasons. Anthony? Yeah, go Larry Murphy. Here we go. 2%. That's not bad. Um, All right, last one, guys. Calgary, so Pittsburgh. I, I went with German Titoff. I went with Andreas. I went with Andreas Johansson. That was another real good one. I went there with um, Ken Reggett, actually. Ken Reggett, that's a good one. Um, that was 1%. Um, Calgary, Pittsburgh. Um, it's definitely somebody that we not to be mistaken for Charlie Murphy. Mark might actually say Charlie Murphy instead of Larry Murphy. So yeah, he might. Uh, Matt Bradley played for the Flames. Calgary and Pittsburgh. Um, Calgary and Pittsburgh. Let's see. Gary Roberts. Wow, that's a good one. Gary Roberts, and I, I think that's going to get you maybe like 1%. What do you think, Anthony? Gary Roberts? Yeah, go ahead. Here we go, boys, to end it up, 3% because it gave us the uniqueness of six. Whoa. Right. Oh, Gary Roberts was yeah. three? Yeah. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah, because he had to be three right there. I'm gonna go go in though. I my food just yeah. got here. W just turned on, so I will see you boys later. Yeah, that's see all you right. guys later. Uh, we gotta sign it off here, guys, because we're we're all even going all different places. Everybody, thanks very much for joining. Well, joining Phil and Anthony and what, watching what me. What podcast are you going podcast. on right now? Rangers Ice Brew. Rangers nice. Ice Brew right now. So yeah. I get to not be impartial. I get to just uh, hammer about the Rangers for a little bit. So. All right, hey, guys. guys, thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us, and we're going to have more previews next week.